0: Welcome to 3
1: Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon.
2: And we're on, and this is 3 Yards Per Carry. I am with Simon Clancy. In the second half of the show, I will have Chris Kaufman. That is a promise. This show, as always, is brought to you by GoPuff. Use promo code WELCOME1010. You get $10 off your first 10 orders. Factormeals.com. Use the promo code 3 carry 50 That's the number, 3 carry 50 for 50% off. And, of course, prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash 3YARDS and use the promo code 3YARDS. That's the number, 3YARDS. You deposit $100, you get $100 one-time rollover. And, of course, betteredge.com forward slash five reasons, the number five reasons, and you get $20 just for signing up. And, of course, Manscaped. Uh, they've been back with us for a month now. Use promo code 5, that's the number 5, RSN, and you get 20% off your order and free shipping. And if that wasn't enough, we still have another sponsor, and that's Black Coral Rum, distinctly Florida. They're from West Palm Beach. Go to steeltiespirits.com to learn more about Black Coral Rum. You could get it anywhere. Anywhere you buy your liquor down here in Florida. All right, Simon. Uh, By the way, I am hosting because Simon is a little bit under the weather. He stayed up for that abomination (laughs) in the fourth quarter. Uh, First of all, your overall impressions of of the game, because it was was a weird one. It had a real heavyweight feel until the fourth quarter, and then some unfortunate events happened. Uh, Your thoughts on the game?
3: Yeah, it's weird. I mean, um, and I'm sorry, I feel really rough, but um, I was just looking at the snap counts. Offensively, I think we only had 46 snaps on offense, which kind of in itself seems fairly weird. Um, I think everything looks a bit brighter in the cold light of day. I think last night, and I'm as guilty as this of anybody, you make a few snap decisions and a few kind of snap hot takes or whatever, and you know, you go back and look and look, we had a touchdown taken off the board because of a penalty and a legitimate penalty. But, you know, if Isaiah wins in the game, who to say that it doesn't happen. Um, Tyreek, you know, for as amazing as he is, dropped a walk in touchdown with the ball, just hit his knee. Um, you know, there were some fairly heinous penalties. That went against us. I, I don't understand a game like that. How one team can have ten penalties and another team have zero? And I have a stat guys.
2: for you. Uh, do you venture? You want to guess how many times it's happened in the history of the sport?
3: I think it's four. I think I saw Joe Ch- Joe Shad tweeting about it. earlier. is it four times?
2: Uh, in modern history, I mean, in, meaning from 1985 on, it's happened twice. <laughs> okay. The last time it happened was in 2019, Chiefs Raiders game. Yeah, where a I team mean, I had you're... ten penalties and another team had zero.
3: I watched, um, I saw the clips of first of get up this morning where they talked about the fact that we got out physical. And I think that's true. We did a little bit, um, uh, both on the interior offensive line and interior defensive line. And um, although I thought actually our defense played really, really well, um, I just, um, you know. (laughs) Look, I think the Dolphins played well. I thought they hung with the Eagles pretty well. And the score wasn't really indicative of, the you know, how it played out. You know, it wasn't a 31-17 result in many respects. It was really a 24-17 game. Um, and, you know, two or through the late pick, and they went down and, uh, and iced the game. But, you know, that was a... You maybe could have called, you know, other, other officiating crew could have called uh, pass interference on most. I think it was a bit ticky-tacky, but, you know... Um, but, yeah, I mean... <laughs> cold light of day, you look at it and you think, okay, it wasn't as bad as uh, as we probably thought. Look, the, the bottom line is this, though, for me, is that um, you, you're going to almost certainly have to go on the road and win a game, even in Buffalo, either in Kansas City. And the Dolphins just have not proved that they can do that. And until they can prove that they can do that, and I think it's a mindset and a mentality thing as much as possible, you know, that if they just continue to go on the road, excuse me, <laughs> if they continue to go on the road and lose games, big games it, against the NFL's elite, it, it does become a mental sticking point. It does become a thing like, can we ever beat a team on the road? In the cold, in the... You know, they had 238 yards of offense, which is an amazing 10 points on offense, which is amazing. And you know, I mean, I talked about this after the Bills hammered the Dolphins and, and people criticized me for it, but you know, in terms of working out how to stop this offense, that's too teams now who've worked out you know fairly comfortably how to stop the passing game and you know i saw sydney brown and and eli ricks in the philadelphia Inquirer talk about how uh they managed to do it with all the kind of the different zone coverages that they did and extra safety help and, and those sorts of things and they and, and they did and they got home with four and that's the problem that miami's gonna have to overcome and we can talk about injuries on the offensive line all we like but you know who's to say that you know Look, we got into the playoffs last year we had an injured offensive line. Injuries are part of the game. You know, And we may have to play a playoff game in Kansas City without a Colin Williams or without a Austin Jackson or without a Terrell Armstead. You know, that's the reality. So we're just going to have to, you know, accept that. No team goes into a playoff game. No team goes into a... A week seventeen game, no team goes into a Super Bowl with all fifty three players that they started off the season with completely healthy, um, and it's unfortunate. Yes, we we're missing some big players. Uh, yes, we picked up some injuries. Waddle got hurt. Tyreek wasn't one hundred percent. He was in and out of the blue tent. Um, you know, we lost Isaiah Weird after five snaps, which had a huge impact on the game. Um, but this is this is American football. This is, this is the brutal nature of a violent sport. You know, we can't continue to blame injuries and those sorts of things. Yes, we miss an all-pro left tackle. Yes, we miss a, a centre. He's one of the best four or five centres in the league. Yes, we miss our left guard. who's played pretty well. Yes, we miss two all-pro quarterbacks. Yes, David Long got injured and was in concussion protocol, having played really well last week, played really well last night uh, before he got hurt. But that's the reality of the game, unfortunately. These, these things happen. You've just got to cope with it, deal with it, and get on with it. Um, and I just think we've just got, you know... Look, would that game have been... the other way if it was in Miami quite possibly but that's the reality of you can't play every game at home and and at some point this team's going to have to go on the road and win a big game and until they do that then as good as they are and they clearly are a very good team I just don't believe that they are yet an elite team because for me you've got to go and do that because you're going to have to go and do that to win a Super Bowl I don't think Miami going to get home field advantage um you know, and if you lose to Kansas City and Frankfurt, that that just raises you know the the, the likelihood of going on the road even more. Um, and nothing has shown me yet that Miami can go on the road, albeit to a neutral venue, and win a big game against an elite team. And that's just the that's just the way the cookie crumbles. I thought we played well last night, but at no point did I feel like even at seventeen 0 even when Tyreek dropped the potential touchdown, did I think that we were in control of the game. Do you know what I mean? And And mm. Even against the Chargers, Alf, I I felt like we were, you know, yes, it was back and forth, back and forth, but it didn't feel like we weren't out of control or it didn't feel like we were one mistake away from blowing the game, whereas last night it felt a little bit like we were just one mistake away. And I I credit Mike McDaniel in lots of respects because he didn't, you know, go away from the running game. And I, I don't think that this time last year he'd have, you know, he'd have come back at the start of the second half like he did and really power into that outside zone. Dad, they, they made the adjustments to run away from Hassan Redick in the second half because he's an absolute menace uh, and was outstanding shutting down the run game um but uh yeah, I think overall Dolphins played well. I think it was a performance to to be very heartened by um but um you kind of just feel like you know. These are the these are the games you just want to, you just want to get your nose in front in one of these games, just so you can get into the locker room and go what well, go and say to, to the guys, you know what, well, we've done it. We went to the link, or we went to Buffalo, or we went to, you know, and I don't, yeah, you know, people sent me tweets this morning go, Well, we beat the Chargers. Well, the Chargers are two and five, lads. Oh, well, we beat the, the Patriots on the road on Sunday for well, the, the the Patriots are two and five, and they got blown out by 70, 71 points to three in two of their in back-to-back games against the Cowboys and, and someone else this season. So, you know, I, I don't class those as big road wins. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you have to go on the road and beat an elite team, and until they can do that, they won't be an elite team themselves.
2: Yeah. Uh, as far as the the plan, I found it eminently uh, interesting because we talked about this in the preview. Hassan Reddick has a reputation as a poor run defender, and yeah. the early plan seemed to isolate. And we talked about it. We said – Will will it will the plan on, on the run game be just to isolate uh Hassan Reddick with our tight ends and our fullbacks and just run at him consistently? That was the plan to start the game. And Hassan Reddick just, just him. turned himself into I don't know what he he turned himself into Reggie White all, all yeah. of a sudden.
3: We just couldn't block him and you can't block him one on one with Durham Smythe. and a lot. Like Durham he's a good solid player and he's a decent blocker, but he, you know we just he just kept eating up i think the first three runs that most had he had three runs the minus 8 yards and every single one of them was was stopped by redick yeah um and two of the three were because he whipped um durham smith and I, I just don't think you can do that um, and I think that put us into a hole early. And, you know, the, the run game that was averaging what, 181 yards per game, number one run game in the league, just suddenly disappeared. And, and again, going back to that piece in the Enquirer, but Brown and Eli Ricks and, and Darius Slay said, look, you know, this team is really good. It's a really good offense, but we made them one dimensional. And if you make any team one dimensional, it doesn't matter how good they are, it, it's much more difficult for them to win. And, and, at no point did I think that the running game was all of a sudden going to kick into life. We we're going to start picking up, you know, massive chunks of uh, of yardage. And what I thought was interesting about the Eagles is that at times they eschewed that first drive when they got inside the, their first and goal and they ran three running plays and then kicked a the field goal. At no point do I ever feel like the Dolphins are just going to, you know, ground out the run, ground out the run, establish the line of scrimmage. But, and look, we don't have the players to do that necessarily. Um, and that's an issue in and of itself. But I never felt like the Dolphins were going to commit to you know the run. And like I said, I give credit to Medano to coming back to it because there's two outside zone runs at the start of the second half over the left side that picked up a nice chunk of yards. But at no point did he feel in that game like the running game was going to complement the pass game after those first three plays where we ended up at minus eight yards. You know, had a couple of carries and got stuffed every time. You know, Jalen Carter and, and, and Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox and Milton Williams were eating up our guys inside. Um, and, you know, we just could not establish any of the run. We tried to run outside to the to the right. Hassan Redick was there. So it was very difficult, very tough sledding for the run game. But, um, you know, again, it's a toughness mentality thing. You know, it's okay to, you know, to run on the powder puffs of the league. And that's fine. And the offense is great. But... At some point, you're going to have to go to a Buffalo. You're going to have to go to Cincinnati. You're going to have to go to Kansas City. You're going to have to go to one of these big teams, Pittsburgh maybe, in the playoffs, or, you know, uh, and run the ball with consistency and tough it out and be tough up front and smash people in the mouth. And it didn't look like the Dolphins could do that last night. And I suspect that will be, you know, that might be an issue in the playoffs. But look, Get any of these teams in Miami, absolutely great. But we're now 5-2. You know, and there's plenty of football left to be played. Absolutely, plenty of football left to be played. We could easily end up as a number one seed, but you know, there are just some creeping concerns over some of those little things. We just think, you know, we just need to get over this hump. We just need to. Does anybody really trust us? Do you know? Do you uh, even even the most myopic or rose tinted glasses of fan? Does anybody really truly believe? That we can go to Buffalo in the snow in January and and beat the Bills there, but I don't think I do. I'd probably put it at twenty five percent, and I know I'm slightly more pessimistic than some. But does anybody really think we could go to Arrowhead in in January in the freezing cold and and you know without establishing a really punch you in the mouth run game? I, I'm not sure that we could.
2: Yeah, as it stands now, however, uh, they're in pretty decent shape, especially since uh, Buffalo lost Absolutely. to New England it's to... just
3: one loss mate that's all it is it's just one loss that's yeah. you know you move on but you know now big game incoming because they need to then pick back up against a team that looked much better last night New England you know Mac Jones played well but the, the key thing for New England is they get healthy people back the offensive line there were three players back with the offensive line and they were able to dominate at the line of scrimmage in the run game and give Jones plenty of protection so all of a sudden you know uh, what looked like an average New England side is going to come to come to Miami next week with a bit of a pee in their bonnet. You know they they played they played well and beat the Bills. They deserve to beat the Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting. And then obviously you're away at Kansas. You're away in in Germany against Kansas City, which throws up its own question marks.
2: Yeah, Dolphins yeah. um, are in a pretty good shape. In pretty good shape. Like I was saying uh, a little bit earlier, they kind of control their own destiny, and because of that result. Uh, in Buffalo, they could start salting away this division, but it only it, it's only going to happen if they keep taking care of business inside the division, and that's why this New England game is extremely important. But as far as a big game, as far as setting up down the road, they're in good shape to host the first playoff game and probably avoid going to Buffalo. But going to Kansas City is almost assured if they lose that game in Frankfurt. And that game is essentially... If you just believe everybody beats everybody who's favored for the rest of the way, that game is essentially for the number one seed against Kansas yep. City. So that is the next big test. And in my opinion, a real, the, the first real test, because that is the direct competition to get to a Super Bowl. It's Kansas City. And it's becoming even more evident every single week. If you look around the AFC, Baltimore looks pretty good. But is, but which Baltimore is going to show, show up? You know, is it going to be the one that that looked overwhelming against Detroit? Or is it going to be the team that looked like garbage against Cleveland?
3: Yeah, I mean, what what you look at is I'm just looking at the schedule here. We got you know New England, Kansas City, the Raiders, the Jets, the Commanders, the Titans, the Jets. Okay, and then you got the final three that we'll get to in a minute. But that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Okay, seven games upcoming, and you think you know you should beat the Patriots at home, right? Tough, tough team, always a tough team. Should beat the Patriots at home. Chiefs, Dolphins. We'll get to that. You should beat the Raiders. Let's say you split games with the Jets because the Jets are no mugs and that defense is really good. Should beat the Commanders. Should beat the Titans. You know, and at that point, then you've got three tough games. You're on the road at on the road at Dallas, on the road at Baltimore, and then home against Buffalo, which could be for it all. But you know, you Oh, Dallas is like,
2: here. Dallas is here in Miami. So. Oh, is it Dallas in Miami? Yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah.
3: Sorry, my bad. But you kind of feel like, you know, of the four big game big games remaining, with with due respect to the rest of the teams, the Chiefs. The Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills. You need to go two and two in those games. You need to go two and two in those games at absolute worst. And it's two the of them right a neutral venue. Like,
2: like, I'll give up two losses in those two, sad and seen, if they could take the one against Kansas City. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, Well, what's clear is this go undefeated at home. Uh, that's what the, the best teams do. And that's what this team should do. Um, they have a big one th- this week. Th- th- there's no doubt about it. Uh, New England. Uh, what kind of helps Miami is that their 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 nemesis, Matthew Judon, is not going to play in that game. Uh, but Jack Jones is. And they got J.C. Jackson back, which is going to be all kinds of interesting after all the stuff that, that Tyreek Hill talked about. Uh, let's close with this. Some of the good from this game, that pass rush and that defensive line is starting to play as designed in the yeah. preseason. And hopefully David Long is not going to be out for too long, and hopefully he's going to be okay.
3: He's been uh, excellent the last couple of weeks. He's he been
2: look excellent look the last two weeks. And I, I understand, and I said this before on, on Twitter. You could watch, you could rewatch this game. And I understand Lane Johnson was coming off an injury, but I don't remember those excuses any and before. And he's played injured before. Yeah. Uh he had a three year streak without giving up a sack. And Jalen Fuller.
3: Malata great. wasn't injured. And you know, he was he was given all sorts of trouble with Bradley Chubb. So and is one of the top five left tackles in the league for my for me.
2: Yeah, but I was really impressed how Jalen Phillips gave Lane Johnson fits all game, and he's he he could be seen all game getting into uh, Hertz's face. I don't have the pressure numbers in front of me, but uh, they're trying to credit him with a half sack, which means that he would have broken the the streak by one and a half sacks. He would have had almost two sacks on Lane Johnson, and they're trying to um, they got to fix that forced fumble because they gave it to Bradley Chubb. If you watch on film, it's Phillips who hits the ball. Not not Chubb, but they credited to Chubb. Um if I you could talk Chubb about that, that, that a little bit, uh that's one part of the team that is actually looking up pretty pretty bright right now.
3: One of the issues for me is that you look at Channing Tindall had five snaps, all on special teams, no defensive snaps. Cam Smith, no defensive snaps. You know, and that that's a concern for guys that you spent a third round. I mean, Tyndall is pretty much done, I think. You know, that Tyndall isn't gonna see any snaps on defense. That that that's a that's a bust pick now. Um, but Cam Smith to not get any snaps when uh on defense when Howard is out as well and Ramsey is out, that that to me is a concern. And Mike McDaniel said, you know, he'll play at some point, but he wasn't ready last night, and you just think, yeah. You know, this is a guy battle-tested in the SEC. This is not somebody who came from the MAC or from a Group of Five conference. This is a guy who played at South Carolina. You know, he was playing against Tennessee and uh, and Georgia and Alabama and Ole Miss and Mississippi State and, you know, these guys week in, week out, you know. To to not see a single snap on defense, uh, that to me is a concern. Um, You know, I am... I would begin to not sound an alarm at all. It's only week six or seven or whatever it is. But, you know, it's, it's a bit of a concern when you're, you're down your two best corners and your second-round pick can't get on the field. That's an issue for me.
2: Yeah, I, I was really surprised he didn't play at all. Uh, and I think it has to be a Fangio thing. There's nothing on tape to suggest that Cam Smith can't play this game. He's actually yeah. improved. He's actually playing really good on special teams when he's played, and yeah. it's something that he never did before. So I usually that leads
3: to there's mm-hmm. a player that we miss is River Craycraft we miss his blocking in the run game but I just think as, a, as an outlet receiver um, I, I think we miss his um, his presence out there which seems odd um, but yeah uh, look I think there was plenty to go out last night plenty to be happy about I think you know I was just thinking in my head there about the, the holding call against Julian Hill that negated the first down by Tyreek on, the dry, on that drive that forced us to punt that was never a hold um you know, there were clearly situations where and and that 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 tush push or the brotherly shove, whatever it's called, that is one of the most fucking annoying plays in history. You get them, you get into fourth down three times on that drive, and they still end up converting each time by using that stupid play. And look, if it was our play, we'd be all over it, and that's fine. Good luck to them. They've completely, you know, they dominated in those situations. But to to get a team to fourth down on a critical drive, having having had the pick, you know, you get them to pump, get them to go three and out essentially, punting it from their own twenty eight yard line, you get the baller probably, you know, probably around the 40 if Berrios got a decent return. And, you know, with with time left to tie the game and maybe send it to overtime. And, you know, that that's a frustration as well. So I think when you, in the cold light of day, when you look back at it, you think actually there was plenty to be enthused by, but um, clearly some issues moving forwards. And, you know, it's great. People say, oh, we'll get Connor back, we'll get Teron back, we'll get Jalen back, we'll get Xavier back, we'll get... River back, we'll get Esikoma back, all of these guys, that's fine. But, you know, is everybody going to come back healthy? Are we going to lose guys, you know, other guys? Um, that's the concern, you know, that the the 53 that the start of the season is not going to line up and, and play, um, you know, in Gen- January or December or whatever, because that's just not the way the world works, unfortunately. But we didn't get blown out um, and we're still in the race and we're still in the running and we're still a good team. And I think that's, um, those are my takeaways.
2: Yeah. And, and before we go to uh, go to break here, one thing I, I must say last year, they would have just languished with this running game all game and they would have ended up with like 10 yards rushing and like nine carries. But there was a point there in the third quarter where you looked up the carries and Raheem Moser had eight carries for 42 yards. So he was getting back to his, his average. And then they had a little bit of scoreboard pressure. And, and I will say this, I know Tyreek, Tyreek Hill's numbers were, are going to look good and they look good after the game. Uh, this was his worst game of the season by far, and I understand he only had like 45 yards against New England in New England, but he had three confirmed drops, and one of them was going to be for a touchdown. So uh, I don't think that the, there was a lot of bad play on the offense, and even Tua had a, that bad decision at the end. Although that could have been defensive pass interference, but if he just comes back uh, backside, he has he has I believe backside, it was
3: Smith, yeah, is wide smart. open,
2: yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we should have Chris Kaufman. But first, these words.
0: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? <laughs>
2: Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. 579 0356. That's 954 5 Or visit their website at wcufl.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And please check out their more than 80 five star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water Cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts.
4: I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry.
2: And we're back. And as promised, Chris Kaufman. Hello, Chris.
4: Hey, um I'm glad I could totally be here on this non-victory Monday.
2: <laughs> yeah, we need a name for that by the way, cuz I announced on on OnlyFans cuz in case you did not know, we have this thing, we have this Discord called OnlyFans. Okay, for $3 a month, you get to see us on there, you get to talk to us, um, you could DM me. Uh you have your own chat, we do film study, we even do a show there. I do a show every week, a Q&A show that shows up on our three yards per carry feed. And every Monday, we have a victory Monday. We have a victory Monday. We do giveaways.
4: But when we lose, we give you nothing. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's just called Monday. We need a name for it. I was thinking I mean, more, on,
2: more on Monday, but, you know, just because you well, lose, it used you're not to, it, used
4: to, it used to just be Monday. Yeah. For us, you know. And, yeah. I think lately, lately we're you know we're having victory Monday a little bit more. That's so.
2: Yeah, but uh, so we need a a new name for this. There's no there's no day of the week that starts with an L, so we can't call it loser. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so we got we got to think up a name for for the weeks that we don't lose.
4: No, uh, it's nothing. Nothing fun because this is not fun.
2: No. We're going to start right here to just get it out of the way. The, the The internet is hopping with all the conspiracy theories. You're aware of the biggest one with Dwayne Hake, the umpire from last night's game? Not at all. Okay, 2016, he officiates a game between Clemson and wait for it, drum roll, the Pittsburgh Panthers. <laughs> okay, Pittsburgh's in what state?
4: Uh... Oh yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. Uh, you know who he's uh, an alumni of?
4: <laughs> I, I I don't know.
2: Okay, Pitt. All right, <laughs> he's a Pitt alumni. He uh, he officiated a game between the Clemson Tigers and the Pitt Panthers, and there was a disparity of nine penalties to zero in favor of the Pitt Panthers.
4: <laughs>
2: mm. uh, he was slated to to do the ACC championship game, and he was suspended. For "quote-unquote" unethical referees and questionable calls in Panthers games, so naturally he gets fired from the ACC and the NFL hires him, and he's doing a game in Philadelphia. (laughs) Oh, and to top it all off, it's the second game in fifty years where the disparity is ten to nothing in as um in uh in penalties. Now this makes them look a little bit better in the hundred years of the NFL, there's been four games where the team has had zero penalties, and the margin has been eight. so it's arbitrary to say 10 and eight, you know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. But this is 10 and zero, which makes it only the second game ever Ooh. ever. The other one was a chiefs game over the Raiders,
4: and the chiefs won 40 to nine. it was it was historically lopsided. I mean well, it's pretty clear.
2: If you watch, if you rewatch it again, there, there's some weird stuff that's going on there. The the Christian Wilkins penalty, who where I thought it was a penalty, the 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 linesman is giving Dwayne Haye like the business. I don't know if you've seen the video that's out there on TikTok. No, he's telling him, "Are you sure?" Because I'm picking up the flag. You can read his uh, his, uh, his 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 mouth, like you can read his lips. Yeah, and, and he keeps saying, "Are you sure?" Because I'm picking up the flag. Are you sure? And he says, yes, yes, yes. And he goes, what number? And he goes, let me check. And he turns around and he goes, 94. And he goes, all right, we're going to call it. Uh, In this day and age of video and TikTok, nobody can hide. So, let's just put it to bed right here. Yeah, it was lopsided, but where
4: else did you see this game lost? Everywhere. um, Yeah, so it was was lopsided, but you know, I don't know. I don't know that that's the reason that the Dolphins lost. The Dolphins lost because they had no semblance of control in the game, uh, in the fourth quarter, in the um, in the the last the last bit of the game. And we can loud the defense and say that you know they they did well for much of the game, which is true. But um, I believe those last two possessions by pittsburgh or okay, you got me call saying i saying pittsburgh now look, look we'll might as well with cons- dwayne hate calling the game so well with your conspiracy theories and whatnot um no i mean so the the last two drives that uh that the eagles executed i mean i'm not counting the the one that you know ended the game but um they they went on you know 75 and 78 yard drives with you know like 21 plays total, something like that. And the time of possession, like one of those drives was in the fourth quarter is over six and a half minutes. The other one was four minutes. I mean, those those two drives ended the game. And sure, Miami's offense could have put them in better position, a much better position to that point. But allowing really long possession, really long touchdown drives like that in the final portion of the game will really almost ensure that you're going to lose most games. Um, So even if the, even if dolphins offense had been in better position at that point. So what I'm saying is like, nobody's blameless here. You're not going to just say, Oh, the defense did their job. The offense, Now, neither part of the team, no part of the team had control at the end. The offense had no control at the end the defense had no control of the game at the end. It was really just, it was, it was a a beating, you know, they, they got beat and they deserved it. And no amount of, you know, lopsided officiating can really say otherwise, in my opinion.
2: Mm. Yeah. uh, When people, they try to get into the weeds of all the, 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 all the penalties, the one really consequential penalty and not even the holding penalty that took away a touchdown, the consequential penalty was the Phantom call on Julian Hill because that turned from a first down in Eagles territory to a punt immediately. Yeah. And you don't know what would have happened then. And the score at that point was within one score. So, you know, you don't know if you go down there and score and all of a sudden you're finding yourself with a lead after that pick six. You know?
4: Yeah, but still I question I question how much um how much the defense had left in them at the end of the game. And I question, you know, whether the offense had it in them at the end of the game to really to I mean, to to do whatever they would have needed to do in order to hold a lead or, you know, or or go out and jump ahead and get one. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the entire character of the team in the final period of the game and so it's you know we can relitigate the entire you know game about this penalty or that drop or something like that but when when you're about to lay down like that in the uh the final period periods of the game it's just like it's just like the end of a basketball it's just like the end of an nba game i mean the game happens at the end of the game and in, in the nba right i mean mm-hmm if you really if you really follow it a lot which i know yes, you do yes the
2: last 5 minutes the last yeah. 5 minutes of the fourth quarter of every nba game is where the good teams and the bad teams are separated
4: yeah i mean really that's where the game happens in the nba and and who who you have in terms of closers is going to matter so much there and uh the dolphins they they did not have it last night they just did not have it and i don't know what permutations would have um you know, would, would have caused them to come out with the victory, um, you know, talking about, like, penalties and, and whatever. But, um, you know, they just didn't have it. And I question I question whether they're healthy enough and whether they had, you know, the overall level of talent with everybody that they are missing, whether they had that to go up and, and just beat a really good road team uh, or beat on the road a really good team like this uh especially one that was pretty motivated because they just came off their first loss of the season and came home after that so
2: and they were, and they had an all hands on deck mentality because you can't tell me that was really lane johnson out there uh when he gets completely unless you know we really found something with Jalen phillips because Jalen phillips kind of
4: dominated him all game if you watch well him. you know lane is lane is not healthy yeah. um but uh, they had,
2: but they had an all hands on deck uh, philosophy for this game, bringing dusting off yeah. Darius oh, yeah. Slay and and James Bradbury and Lane Johnson. Oh, yeah. We they didn't
4: hold anybody out. And, yeah, while know, we
2: don't... were, you know, while we were preparing for a conference game, you know, and yeah, this was, and, and, that's, and this was that, like, uh, um, I don't know, we were playing San Diego State or something.
4: Well, that's and you know that's that's actually a decent point in as much as like you know Mike McDaniel and what we always hear about the injuries and and when they keep somebody out is they're like we're thinking full season we're not thinking you know this game and you know on the other side of things you clearly have Elaine Johnson um who you know was pushing it to go back in but they they went ahead and put him back in and you, you had Jalen Carter I mean these guys didn't even appear on the injury port <laughs> yeah. at the end. You know they they were not practicing or limited practice all week, and, and I got a hot take uh, too. I got a hot take all on that in that regard.
2: Not only man. was Lane Johnson injured, I think Jalen Carter was playing injured
4: because that wasn't Jalen Carter. People were really impressed oh, yeah. by a he, couple of he rushes. He was he was definitely he was definitely playing injured. You know, and they they've been calling it an ankle, but like I've seen the pictures of him stretching out during the pe- beginning portions of practice, he had a full knee brace on. Um, you know, and, and during the stretch periods of, uh, of Eagles practice. So, I mean, you know, J- no, Jalen, Jalen Carter was not healthy at all.
2: Yeah. Uh, now I got a theory and, and I completely agree with you. This game if like, let's say in a, in a, in a, perfect world, we didn't have this, this bad officiating and everything was called square. This game did have that feel of J uh, of Jalen hurts, kneeling, at the 18 yard line setting up a chipped shot field goal for Elliott to win the game. Did you get that sense too if if everything went right for, for the Dolphins that it was going to be that yeah, kind of but game? Only,
4: yeah, but only only because only because they had the control toward the end of the game that it would have been, mm-hmm. you know, necessary to get the stop that they needed to stop and get the drive that they needed to drive to, you know, to 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 win the game. Like I I just I just felt like the dolphins hadn't really ever wrestled control of the game um mm. back at any point and and, think, um, and especially yeah. at the end
2: yeah and i think that you could lay that at the feet of their start they had another slow start their second in a row they started slow against carolina they're down 14 nothing uh they started slow in this one they were down 17-3 and actually 10-3 for a big meat of for a big part of the game they were down 10-3 uh, it was a slow start. If they start a little faster, they have a little leeway in that fourth quarter. I think the plan, and I told this to, to Simon, and it was evident, by the way, that the game script work, you know, worked out. It was obvious. And we talked about it on our preview on Thursday. I said, I think that they're going to try to isolate Hassan Reddick in the run game, and that's what they're going to base their entire run game on. That's what they tried to do in the first half. Lo and behold, Hassan Reddick turns into Reggie White in this game, and – you can't run on his side in the second half, they get to their outside zone stuff and it seems to pop a little bit. So what did you make of, of the, and we're going to be getting out of here pretty soon on this. What did you make of the plan going in? Because I think that, and this is a good sign, by the way, uh, Mike McDaniel was just, you know, scrapping things at mid mid midstream and saying, all right, we're going to try completely different things than what we came in here with.
4: Yeah, I, I I don't know that he actually scrapped the scrapped the plan and and went to anything new. Um, but I I I can say that it's pretty clear that um that you know not very long into the game, he was uh down to he was getting down to the bottom to the <laughs> to the bottom of the barrel, uh, searching for pivots that would work. You know, because um because they were. They were clearly in need of a pivot um, in terms of what they they expected to work and what they did not expect to work, and uh, and I think that I wouldn't be surprised if not very long into the game, Mike McDaniel felt like he might be limited in only like twenty five percent of the game of the of the um you know the play sheet or the uh um the game plan going in. So um, it was one of those where it's it, it looked pretty clear to me that. What they got on game night was not what they expected in the plan, and um, and so it kind of put them a little bit behind uh, behind the eight ball for the rest of the way.
2: Yeah, I was never more excited ever than seeing Cedric Wilson pop up to throw that pass. I can't wait to look at
4: it on all twenty two. Yeah, uh... I, I, I wonder why he uh, I wonder why he begged off of it. I'm, I'm sure he made a good decision there um, to to beg off it, but like you know, I'm, I would be curious to see how that played out. Well,
2: I could give I could give some inside information here to our, our listeners. The receivers regularly do quarterback drills uh, uh, to compete. And by the way, Tyreek is absolutely terrible. He's one of the worst throwers of the football on the <laughs> entire roster. He, he just is. So you will never see Tyreek throw a pass. Oddly enough, he has one pass attempt in his career. I don't. I, wow. and I can't wait to see it. So, but but I've seen him in practice. He can't throw the football. Uh, I'll give you a little inside tip uh, to our listeners, a little inside dope. They do not let Cedric Wilson compete in these quarterback, in these wide receiver quarterback duels, because then they wouldn't be quarterback duels. They'd be just Cedric Wilson exhibitions, because yes, he can throw it into the net from 50 yards out. He's He could compete with the quarterbacks, with Tua, well, with Mike White, so I can't wait to see when they actually draw something up for him. That he could actually throw it because he can throw it. He's he's an accomplished quarterback. He was a really good quarterback in high school. Uh, he can throw the thing. He could throw the football.
4: Well, uh, as a, you know, he, he had a bunch of that on tape in, uh, in Dallas too. So yeah, uh,
2: on a good note, pass rush is coming along, and it's good to see that the pass rush actually plays as designed, and that mm-hmm. David Long has essentially his best game. It's too bad that he had to go out. With a concussion, but he has his best game as a Dolphin against a pretty, pretty decent front, a pretty decent offensive line. So, yeah, man, yeah, I I think that's encouraging. You encouraged by what you're seeing from the way that what I like is that they played the way that they're designed to be played. You know, yeah,
4: um, both were effective. Both edge
2: players were effective.
4: I'm encouraged by. I, I am encouraged, actually. By the way, David Long is um, progressing, uh, because he, he has been a problem in a lot of these games. Um, not every snap, but you know, there's, there's, there's snaps where it's like, you know, he is, he is the problem there. And, uh, and he has been, I, I think that's been getting a little bit less, or at least the ratio of the plays that he's making to the um to those problem plays uh has been, you know, kind of gradually increasing and seemed like it was never better um than last night, uh, to start the game before he went out with a concussion. Um of course the play that he went out on a concussion was, you know, that there's there's a problem right there of awareness because like he was I think he he was probably more it seemed like more responsible for um for that collision even then then holland you know on the other side of it but um yeah so i he, he's been coming along and that's that's been a real big help to the defense i think and uh and that'll continue to be the case defensive line you know this is pretty much what we would have expected them to be um so you know i don't know that it's a, a big surprise there I, I just think that they didn't have ultimately they did not have the firepower um last night in the secondary with you know no Jalen Ramsey no uh, uh, Xavier Howard the, you know, the 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 secondary that was planned has more has more juice than what they could get last night uh with guys like Eli Apple and Perry Nickerson out there uh, a bunch
2: yeah i think Xavier Howard the loss of Xavier Howard was really felt last night because uh, a, a lot of serious those- one yeah, and it was curious because he kept telling everybody all week, "I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm mm-hmm. playing," <laughs> you know. And then he's seen on the sidelines, you know, pretty active with with Jalen Ramsey, and you know, everybody saw him sprinting on the sidelines before the game. Mm-hmm. But I saw Connor Williams snapping and moving before the game too, you know. So mm-hmm. my guess is that the bubble wrap is coming off probably starting this week because. Um, as Mike McDaniel has said, this is pretty important. You know, these division games are important, and the Buffalo Bills just showed you the way right. to winning the division. They have two division losses. Your mission yep. is pretty clear. Go undefeated at home, sweep the yep. division, and you essentially win the division title. That's a fact. It's there's just mm-hmm. no way it, there's no way around it. And if you if you want to take a gander to that that Bill's schedule, it's murderous. For the next six or seven weeks. All right, let's end right here. Are you pro this this is gonna be this is this is gonna be like a really, really hot like NFL political argument at season's end? Are you pro or anti tush push or brotherly
4: shove? Um I don't know. I don't think I've really I don't think I've really thought about it too much to where like you know, it's pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy to see it in action, the um the way that it affects the uh the abilities of the offense. But you know, hey, know. our
2: our defense got off the field on fourth and one four times. Yeah. Like back I, it didn't, out there. didn't matter.
4: Well, you know.
2: Yeah, they were playing with first and nine while we played with first and ten.
4: But you know, hey, that's that's the um I don't know. I I, I guess it's, I don't think there's a fairness issue necessarily. I do think that there's an injury issue because um, you know even though Philadelphia isn't getting injured with it, I'm noticing all these other teams trying it, and they they're they're getting hurt. <laughs> you know, so um, so uh, like players are players are getting uh, getting injured on the play elsewhere. Uh, maybe they don't in Philadelphia just because they're so good at it. Um, but you know, kind of kind of makes me wonder about that. Uh, you know, I, I actually thought had, I mean, I, I, I remember before the rule was changed, um, where, you know, you were not allowed to push someone forward, mm-hmm. um, with the ball. And, and I, I always thought that was just kind of the reality of the NFL and I'm not sure why they changed it, um, back then, but so, you know, I'd be pretty neutral if they did change it and they did get rid of it, like, in doesn't I, I don't particularly care because like i said i i knew the nfl i knew you weren't allowed to like push the ball forward you know mm-hmm. but
2: well, i so- think that nick Siriani's smugness after the game about it is going to get the attention of the owners and they're just going to ban it out of spite just because of <laughs> his comments i don't know if you saw his comments yeah, okay. well
4: I, I saw some some clips i guess or quotes but... yeah he was he
2: was essentially saying that play is ours we're the only ones who can run it good and if you could you would so don't, basically he basically was saying don't hate the player hate the game
4: yeah right I which mean, is it's...
2: which is one of the most annoying thing anybody can tell you
4: but he's got a point you know he does, point. he does have a point he does have a point other teams other teams are trying it. it's not like you know the the simple concept is, is an unfair concept is that they got good at it and other teams are not. And um, so from a fairness standpoint, sure, I'd see where, where he's coming from on that. I I don't particularly give a shit because I'm not an eagle. Um, but if, you know, the NFL wanted to ban it because they think that it is, it, it could lead to injuries or already has, you know, as other teams copy it, you know, I don't, I don't give a shit. Sure do that
2: <laughs> yeah my concern my concern is uh when did the neutral zone disappear in this sport
4: yeah well i was a little bit i was a little bit disheartened i'd say by some of our you know i thought brian flores could have come in with his take no talent and takes no talent wall after this game <laughs> because lopsided or not officiating complaints or not there was some there was some stuff that you're like what in the hell man like, <laughs> like what in the hell like you how do you not see that you are clearly lined up across in the neutral zone you know, like yeah how do you not see that But uh, anyway and
2: i like and i like the guys that you know I, I applaud javon holland for for his inventiveness you know what i mean but once you did it twice don't do it a third and then especially don't do it a fourth time you saw he was trying to time the snap on the tush push to dive over the top and grab Jalen Hurts.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. you know, whatever you can do, man.
2: Yeah, my favorite tush push of the four of the four of them was the the very consequential. The one we get a pick six. All hell is breaking loose on the on the Eagles sideline, and now they go three and out. Yeah, and Kater Kohu is celebrating after it's third and five. Although I'm not celebrating because I'm like. They're going for it here. You know that, right? Why are we Why are we so happy on the Dolphins' yeah, sideline? Right. And then I see, wait a minute. He's putting his punting unit out there. Okay, be happy, Karekohu. Great tackle on A.J. Brown on third and five. Limits him to a four-yard gain. Timeout. Mm-hmm. Here comes the tush push. And Jalen Hurts crowd surfs for five yards. Now, that was my favorite of them all because I was thinking, why not just run that the entire game? Just have J- <laughs> Jalen Hurts crowd surf five yards at a time.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, next step, I guess. Then there, then, I, I'll really get, then I'll really get then really get banned. Somebody think, somebody's gonna get somebody's gonna get hurt real bad. Yes. Like doing something stupid associated with the tush push. Mm. And then and then that's and then that's when the fun will be over.
2: You know what my guess is? That what? that guy that's gonna get hurt doing something stupid with the tush push is gonna be Jalen Hurts. And that's what's gonna get rid of the tush push.
4: It's gonna be the Eagles uh. getting rid of it. Oh, I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I don't see that. Yeah, because I, I think it's I see inevitable. Like the Arizona Cardinals or something trying it, and then Josh Dobbs gets broken in half. I don't, you know,
2: I, I think it's inevitable that somebody's going to take a cheap shot at Jalen Hurts, and then they're just going to get rid of it because they're they're going to invite all the cheap shots on on Hurts. I think mm. that's that's what gets rid of it. All right. Well, anyway, what is consequential is that. The Dolphins do have the New England Patriots coming into town after they defeated the Buffalo Bills, which is
4: like we could do three hours on, on that on that game. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be something. At least it's at home, that's all I can say. Yes.
2: And we'll talk about it on Thursday, but till then
1: Thanks for listening to three yards per caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes on Podbean or your usual podcast provider.